Hey, we're going to, I want to get into, um, I've, I, I, like I had a short word that the Lord um, has given me for today, but I want to just uh, get into some sharing. And we're really blessed because we've got some of the um, um, Hope team, people that were here on the, on the week, um, sharing. And I thought, you know, maybe there's a testimony that you guys want to share. Roz? Oh. So this is Roz. So um, Roz has been with um, Irish Ministries for, for what, a long time? Ten years, back in Brisbane at the moment, getting culture shock. Uh, but she was with Heidi Baker in Mozambique. Um, so I'm sure she's got a testimony that she could share. Well, thank you so much for having us here, Pastor Tim, and the family at this church. What a wonderful time of worship. It just touched my heart so much. Praise God. Uh, we have just been so privileged to be here in Bundaberg. I've never been to Bundaberg before, so now it's deeply entrenched in my heart. And we're so thankful for all that the Lord has done. I know that there were salvations, people coming in off the streets. We were going out in the streets um, almost every day. And Mad Dog was out carrying the cross. And, um, and it was just a wonderful time of glorifying Jesus in this city. And people did come in from the streets and people did give their hearts to the Lord. And we are rejoicing. I know that the, um, the Bible says that when one soul, what, just one soul comes to Jesus, the whole of heaven rejoices and celebrates because it is the greatest victory. And it's exactly what Jesus did on the cross that we just remembered in communion was to draw all men to himself. So I think that's the greatest testimony that we can have is that more than one soul came into the kingdom of God this week. So glory to God and I will be keeping you all in my prayers in Jesus' name and God bless you all. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Speaking of Kev, there he is, the man that carries the cross around, not just carries the cross around. But he has the music, has the, he has worship music playing as he goes, don't you? <laughs> hey? Um, hallelujah. Been on the road for 40 years, four months. And uh, I wake up every morning and uh, on the road for Jesus. And uh, I ask him what he wants me to do. And, uh, and he says, pick up that cross and keep dragging it, carrying it around the towns of Australia. And... Uh, I was converted in 1981, Hastings, New Zealand. And I was one of New Zealand's worst jailbirds. And uh, I was in seven New Zealand prisons. Spent my entire teenage years in punishment cells. Broken home, five boys' homes, smashed, bashed, hate factories. Terrible drug addict, alcohol problem, and about 30 nut houses. And uh, the Lord pursued me. Over 11 years, 1971, Invercargill Prison, went to a meeting uh, in a jail and uh, where I first heard the message of Jesus. He pursued me all up and down New Zealand. 1981, 25 and a half years of age, locked up in South Auckland in a nut house. A brother who died 10 days ago uh, found Jesus and uh, he became my mentor. 
And in 1981, I walked in a little Pentecostal church in Hastings, New Zealand, and uh, Jesus spoke to me. He said, my son, my son, I followed you from institution to institution. Tonight I'm calling you out. I'm going to anoint your tongue and I'll call you to be an evangelist. And he sent me back to every boy's home and every jail, every nut house. I saw miracles up and down New Zealand. Thousands of people come to Jesus. After two years of being saved, I left my job and I sang on the streets uh, for my breakfast, lunch and tea. I refused to uh, go to the secular world for my wages. And then uh, after seven years, I met my wife and all hell broke loose. And uh, 35 years later, uh, we've been together. And, uh, and one of the reasons why I came up here and uh, uh, in the tent, uh, we rededicated our marriage vows. And uh, I had some uh, cracks appear in my marriage. And... Uh, Marriage is a tough game, and uh, I said to the Lord one day, I said, uh, am I really the worst husband in all the world? And the Lord said to me, no, it's nothing to do with you. It's the work I called you to do, and uh, sacrifice. And uh, my wife has traveled with me alongside me on the road for many, many years, and uh, we're still doing it. And uh, so I needed to be up here 10 days apart from my wife and uh, a brother from the tents has come up here and spent some time uh, with us up here. And, uh, and so uh, we got married again. I, I love my wife, and, uh, but it is a journey. And um, the cross and finishing. Um, I love carrying the cross. And uh, I play my ghetto blaster, and we go up and down the nation with the cross for Jesus. And, uh, and I guess that uh, at the end of my life, the only thing that's going to matter is that I love Jesus, love my wife, and do what he called me to do. And um, I'm a very simple person, tell it how it is. I make a terrible pastor. But I, I love being here, and thank you, bro. You've got a beautiful pastor here, and restoration has been restoration for me in many many ways so love you all and uh thank you just love that i just love the church bye thanks man it's cool isn't it amen Woo! god is so good so good yeah, we've got, some, uh, we've got some new people that we need to disciple, so I've got their contact details, so, you know, this is like the church has to be in action. As the more and more people come to know Jesus himself, you know, we need, cause, because we're not interested in uh, converts, we need disciples, amen? Disciple one who follows Jesus, who learns, who grows up to become like Christ and represents Christ in every area of their life in this community and wherever God sends them. And so, you know, we're all going to have to put our hands up over time, you know, to open up our home, to open up our heart and to disciple people. Is there an amen to that? Because part of the problem in the church in this nation is that, is that the church is full of converts more than disciples. And we really need to get back to biblical discipleship. And so um, we're really... Um, passionate about that and so we, um, 
it starts, doesn't it? Well, it's already been happening, but we're going to need more and more people as, as time goes. Hey, I just saw Michael. Michael and his wife, Rosa, from Gympie. They're here too. Have I missed anybody else that's here today? Is that, that's it, isn't it? From the Hope team. Everyone's knocked out from putting the tent down last night, I reckon. That's good. Hey, just before I get into the word this morning, is, it, is, it, is there anything, has anyone else got anything they want to share? No? I was just going back to the prophetic word um, that the Lord gave me at the start of this year, the five-point word. The first point was the year of family and returning to true discipleship because it's going to take families to reach families. Amen? Part of my dream is to see whole households saved and to see mum and dad and the kids all baptised together at the same time in the ocean. How cool is that? That's an awesome vision. That's an awesome dream, and I want you to dream that with me. But it's going to take families to reach families. The second point was the year of kingdom partnerships. For too long, ministries, you know, have been independent of one another. But God is, God is wanting to bring his people together to uh, create true team and partnership in the kingdom of God. Amen? We're not into empire building. We're into kingdom building. That's what it is. The third point was dealing with heart issues. This is an aspect that God has had us on for the last two months, looking at heart issues, dealing with heart issues. And we're going to look at it again today. The... The fourth point was the year of breakthrough and overcoming. He said, as you start 2022, there will be battles, but the battles will give way to breakthrough and you will carry the spoils of war with you. I mean, that is right now, isn't it? That is just right now in our nation. The battles are there, but battles give way to breakthrough. And not only that, but we carry the spoils of war. And then the last one was the year of reverence and awe. We should never forget the intimacy fact because the Lord is calling his people back to first love. That is, that, that, that is absolutely correct. But we need to see the reverence and awe of God return to the church in Australia as well. Amen? It's not a either or, it's a both end. The intimacy and the reverence and the awe. Amen? So we're going to just look at the heart. Just can't keep getting away from this. The Lord was speaking to me about the tongue. Did we realize the correlation between the heart and the tongue? When you start looking at verses of Scripture about the tongue, the heart just keeps popping up. You cannot separate them. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you're pressed, whatever's on the inside comes out. Whatever's on the inside comes out. And, you know, the Lord, the Lord wants to um, have us move in the language of heaven. Amen? Not the language of hell, grumbling and complaining and moaning. Not, not the language of the flesh. But he wants us to join and partner in the language of heaven. That's his heart for us as his people. I was just, I just thought, I'll just do a Google search. Biblical scriptures about the tongue. Google is handy sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Other times it is. I just thought I would just do a biblical search about, it's like, how many pages do you want? Verses of scripture about the tongue. Here's just a couple. If anyone thinks he is religious or spiritual, when we use the word religious, people get a wrong mindset. If anyone thinks he's spiritual and does not bridle his tongue, 
but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. The way that we represent Jesus can be undone just like that. Because you may be the only Jesus that someone meets as we represent Jesus. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life. This is a well-known one, isn't it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Wow, that's a big one. Rash words, putting a sword into somebody, cutting them. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Ephesians 4.29, talking about community, Christian community. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for the building up of one another. Wow. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good for the building up of others. Psalm 34, 13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Proverbs 13, 3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. In, in, and in Proverbs 6, it says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven are, that are an abomination, and one of them is a lying tongue. I mean, there was a few others that I circled, but I think you get the, the idea. Leviticus. Hands up who loves to get into Leviticus. Okay, we've got uh, one and a half, two, two and a half people love to get into Leviticus. Do you know there's so many principles in Leviticus that you bring out and you bring into today? Come on, here's one. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not speak of people behind their back. Wow. That's relevant from Leviticus. Man, so much of the church today is, you know, people speaking about other people behind their back and pulling them down. You know, the Lord hates that. There's so many verses of Scripture. And, you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the tongue. and You know, it's... But as I was praying this week, this connection between the heart and the tongue is so vital. Because you, it's not about correcting your tongue. It's about your heart. And often we try to deal with things at a superficial level, don't we? Oh, Trish, why'd you do that? Why are you talking like that? What's going on? But she's not. I'm just using Trish as a... Trish is lovely. We love Trish. We bless Trish. But we try and correct someone at, super, at superficial level, don't we? Yep. When it's about the heart, because it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. You cannot separate the two. We're just going to look at a bit of scripture. Is that okay? Man, it must be the people that normally say amen and woo, they're the ones that are not here today. Like, come on. <laughs> so you have to get a bit louder. Woo! Sing a little louder in the presence of my enemies. Sing a little. Anyway, okay. We're going to start in James, in James 3. It says, Not many um, should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that you will receive a stricter judgment. <laughs> I'm always reminded of that one. 
Isn't it funny is that some people want to clamor to be up the front. People want to clamor for positions. People want to clamor for titles. People want to clamor for stuff. And yet, we forget that like, whoa, we are accountable big time for everything that we say. For we all stumble in many ways. Isn't that a good reminder? Anyone here who's never stumbled? You've just stumbled. (laughs) If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature and is able to control the whole body. Verses 9 is where I really wanted to go in James. It says, With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. That's a big one, isn't it? It's really easy to sing the song because the song is on the screen and we bless God and we thank God and we praise God. And yet we curse people who are made in the image of God. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour, uh, pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh. You see, he's talking about the issues of the heart. That's what it's about. That we can be this person in this moment and we can be this person in that moment. And he's, and he's speaking about the heart, the, the way that we conduct ourselves. And this is what we're after. We're after uh, authenticity and integrity. The person who we are right here today is the person that we are in our homes, the person that we are in our workplaces, the person that we are in our street, the person that we're here today. And the Lord is working on hearts. He's, he's, he's focusing on the hearts right now because... Because there is a move of His glory that is coming upon the earth that cannot be corrupted by the deeds of the flesh. And so therefore the things have to go that have to go. It's not His heart to to see a revival that, that is here for six months or 12 months and it's gone, but rather be a holy habitation, a dwelling place for the presence of God. And we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord wants to get rid of things that are in our hearts right now so we do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Is that okay? And we've all got stuff. <laughs> We think about the other verses in Scripture. A couple of them I've already referenced to. In Psalm 19, verse 14, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing, acceptable to you, my Lord. There's that correlation again. May the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be pleasing, acceptable to you. Luke 6.45, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Psalm 139 that we looked at, was it 
last week. Verses 23 and 24. As I was talking about the heart of a son, this is, this is the heart of a son. This is the heart of, of one who knows that they are loved and accepted and secure regardless of what is happening. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me, anything that is in the way between me and you. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in your way, the everlasting way. That is a beautiful prayer to pray. We don't have to run and hide. Religion says I stuffed up, I must run and hide. But relationship says I stuffed up and I need to go see dad. And that is true in the natural and the spiritual. That when your kids stuff up, you really want them to come and see you and say, I've stuffed up, I need help. Isn't that true? For those that have had kids, you never want them to hide anything. You want them to feel like they can come to you with anything that they're struggling with. And the church has to do this better. When, we, when there's something going on in our heart and we feel like we're struggling, we need to have people around us that we can come to and we need to open up with and we need to be real with. Because if we're not, we give the enemy access where he doesn't need to have access. If you're struggling in life, you're struggling in your marriage, you're struggling in, in with, with stuff in your walk with Jesus, you need to find someone that you can trust and say, I need you to walk with me through this. And this is the heart of someone who comes to God and says, God, search me. Oh, search me, God. Test my heart. Know my heart. See if there's any offensive way in me. And, you know, let that be dealt with because I want to walk in your way. Is that okay? Proverbs 18.21, as we've already mentioned, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I thought about this when I was praying during the week, and I hope this is okay. If death and life are in the power of the tongue, how many people have you met that are not Christians that just like cursing people with their tongue? Lots. If their tongue carries power, can you see the damage that is caused in, in our society by people that are just speaking damaging words with their tongue and they're not believers, but that's, you know, but that's what they do. Can you see the damage in our society that is caused? You see kids growing up in homes because parents have said, you're good for nothing. You'll never amount to anything. You're hopeless. And you can see the kids. I've coached them in soccer. You can see that they've come under that, that which is being spoken over their life. And I had this thought when I I was praying into this during the week. If the power of, of death and life are in the power of the tongue from a non-believer's point of view, how much more power is there in the tongue from those who are anointed by God? We have to be some more careful with our tongue because we carry the anointing. We carry something that the unbeliever doesn't carry. So we have to be extra careful with what we say. You see, the enemy has no authority. Who's got authority? Yeah, okay, the people who normally shout out are definitely not here. Who, who has authority? Oh, come on. Who has authority? Who has authority? Who has authority? 
Jesus. Jesus has authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. That is not just 95%. He said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of nations. See, the enemy doesn't have authority. The Word of God says he has power, but he doesn't have authority. But you see, by the words of our mouth, we give him authority. We default that authority to the enemy because of what we speak. I'm hopeless. I'm good for nothing. This situation will never change. Where is God? I don't know what's going on. And boom, we've given him authority. And then we need to repent and take all that back. We need to come boldly before the throne of grace. We have to be so careful with our words. That our words would align with heaven. Is there an amen? I had this vision, and I hope this is okay. Kind of too bad if it's not, I suppose. I had this, Steve is going to let me know if this is not okay, right? I had this vision as I was praying into this aspect about the power of the tongue and the words that we speak and the weight that they carry. And I had this vision as I was praying, and I saw this person cowered over. I saw this person cowered over and I saw all this stuff in their back and they were cowered over and they were struggling to really walk in their life. They were struggling. And I said, Lord, what are you trying to show me? And he said, that's some of my children. And I said, can you, you know, I just conversed with him. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, they are things that have been spoken about them from, their, from brothers and sisters in Christ behind their back. And they're being put in, and the enemy is using that, and he's attacking my people because of the words that my people are speaking over one another. They were under siege, but they were caused by the words that were being spoken over them. We have to be really careful what we say about the church in general. Different fellowships may not be our cup of tea, if you want to put it in a good old Aussie language. That's not my cup of tea. But you know, you know what? We are brothers. For everyone who's called upon the name of the Lord, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Is there an amen? And when Saul was on the road to Damascus and he had the encounter with Jesus, as you've heard me say before, when he was knocked off his horse in a sand sea, he was blind, he couldn't see, Jesus spoke to him and he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is the body of Christ. We have to be really careful with our words. And yeah, we need to challenge people. We need to challenge our brothers and sisters in Christ. If we are in, you know, and they're speaking a certain way, absolutely. We need to challenge each other in love, don't we? Is that okay? Matthew 15. 
This is another one about the tongue and about the heart. Jesus was approached by the Pharisees and the scribes from Jerusalem who asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, Why do you break God's commandment because of your tradition? Jesus was so, so, so on the ball, hey. You know, they're like, like they're always trying to trick, trip him up. They're always trying to sow something, and he just comes back with something that's even better. So he says, well, why do you break God's commandment? Because of your tradition. For God said, honor your father and your mother. And whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, whoever tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is a gift committed to the temple. Wind. He does not have to honor his father. In this way, you have nullified the word of God because of your tradition. Hypocrites. Isaiah prophesied correctly when he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me, they worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. And summoning the crowd, he told them, Listen and understand. That's really important, hey. We're not just meant to listen, oh yeah, but we're meant to understand. Part of the problem is that, we, is, the, is that we digest our spiritual food like cheap McDonald's. Even though you probably shouldn't eat cheap McDonald's. It's not that good for you. But we just, you know, we just want to just chuck it down. I remember my good friend Roberto who was here a few months ago and he's going to come up again and be amongst us and run some health and healing workshops and stuff like that. He's um, come back. He said, you know, uh, he sometimes eats his evening meals with, with um, chopsticks. Not that he eats Asian food all the time, but he eats them with chopsticks. And the reason, because he understands the body and how it works, is because he said in Western culture we eat too fast and our body doesn't need that, but because we've eaten so fast, we've gone gobble, 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 and it hasn't got into our stomachs, and so that's why we, partly why we can put on weight, because we're eating more than we need. He said, but if you eat more slowly, thus he uses the chopsticks, the digestive system works, and you feel fuller with less food. So there's a bit of advice for you. There you go. But it's like that. We listen, we listen, blah, 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 and we gobble it, and we go, oh, yep, and then we go off. But no, 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 we need to learn to understand. And to understand what Jesus is saying, to understand stuff, we need to process it. Now, whether that's you in your solitary time with the Lord, or whether that's inviting a couple of people over for dinner around the table and you're talking about it, or whether it's part of a home group and you're opening the scripture and you're talking about it, we need to not just listen, but we need to understand because when it understands, we are changed from the inside out. Amen? So he says that, listen and understand. And he says, it's not what goes into the mouth that that, uh, defiles a person. But what comes out of the mouth? Is the heart again. I remember years ago when I was reading Deuteronomy. Not that I, sorry, I should, I should restate that. I have read Deuteronomy since. <laughs> but I remember when I was in Deuteronomy years ago. And the Lord drew my attention to this verse in chapter 8, and I'm like, oh, 
And you know, this is, there, is, there is a truth here that continues throughout all generations. It wasn't just about the Israelites at that time. And he said, I led you, the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he may humble you and, and test to know what was in your heart. You know, sometimes we go through periods where there are tests and trials. Hands up who's been through periods of tests and trials. Hands up who feels like, just keep your hand up if you feel like you've had a, a wilderness experience somewhere along your life or a desert experience, something like that. We all have. And, and, we, we, and God wants to do something in our heart in that place. For the Israelites, he wanted to humble them and he wanted to test what was in their heart. And, there, and there's a bit of that for us. That we would be humbled. And that the testing of what's in our heart would happen. Because sometimes we're so busy with life and we're so busy with ministry, we're so busy with family, we're so busy with circumstances, we're busy, 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 that we do, 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 and then we neglect this. The Lord has been drip-feeding another prophetic word to me, and I'm going to keep unpacking that, so I'm not really going to speak into that a lot today. But it is a shift, a mindset shift from ministry where we do, 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 to it's actually who we are. God is resetting hearts. It's who we are. Because Jesus was the Word who became flesh, yes? He didn't, he didn't do the Word. Well, He did do the Word, but He was the Word, so He did it. Does that make sense? It wasn't do, do, do first. It was He was, so He did. He walked out the Word. And in the same way, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We don't have to do to prove that. We are. But out of the revelation of that, that we are, we will do. And God is wanting to play with our ministry mindset buttons a little bit to help us to understand that ministry is who we are. It's not what we do. I can see some people ticking over at the moment. Have I confused you too much? It's, it's who you are. Jesus was the Son of God, Son of Man, and He walked amongst them, and He was, and He ministered. And he was led by the impulses of the Spirit. He saw what the Father was doing and he joined them. It's not to do, it's not to get a title, it's not to get a badge, it's not to get promoted. It is who we are. And God is wanting to reset us in a sense that, that, that it comes out of who we are. And that's why he's working on hearts. That's why he's refining hearts, purifying hearts, testing hearts, pointing out things in our hearts so that we would represent Christ well in every area of our life. And that we would return to the ways of the early church in a way that they lived together in such a way that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The presence of God, the love of God, that these things were manifesting in such a way where people would come and say, I need what you've got. God is wanting to return us, but we've got to deal with the hard things. Otherwise, we'll just have more programs and more events. But it's not about filling our lives up with more programs and more events. It's actually walking with Jesus every day.
was thinking about the verse that says, blessed, is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's not just see God to come. That is, I see God in you. I see God in you. I see God in that circumstance. I see God in that situation. I had a car accident during the week. I'm still struggling to see God in that one, but I'll, but, but I'll keep working on it. Just being real. But I'm declaring into it and I'm praying into it because I will see the goodness of God in this situation. My pride was dented. My car was dented. There was a little bit of, I'll, I'll just be real, there's a, there's a little bit of pride in me. I've never been involved in an accident. I've avoided so many accidents, it's not funny. Because my dad was a rally car driver. And he taught me to drive rally car style. And it saved me a few times. I remember driving up, up, this, up this hill, uh, doing 70 k's an hour, and it had been raining, and, I, and, and so the road was already a little bit greasy, and I hit diesel. And I totally, the car went from underneath me. And there was a bank that was right there and Nick was in the car. We were driving home from youth group and I just remembered everything, everything my dad taught me and I just did what I needed to do. I got the car back under control and we continued on. But there was so much oil on my tyres that when I got to the next set of traffic lights, I couldn't take off. Literally, the, world, the wheels were still spinning because there was so much on my tyres, I couldn't get traction. And my, I could have done a burnout. Yes, no. And I remember Nick, because he was like, that was so cool, Dad. And I'm like, yeah. So what Dad taught me has saved me from so many accidents. Not this one, though. So there's a little bit of pride in there. But blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He wants you to see Him in every area of your life, in every aspect of your life, in everything that happens. Because when you see Him, everything changes. When you see Him in the midst of that circumstance, everything changes. When you see the circumstance is when you start to sink, when you start to go off the rails, when you start to get discouraged, when, you, when you know, heaviness starts to come upon you. But when you see him, everything changes. That was a prophetic song that came out Friday night, Friday night prayer. Just one look, just one glance, just one touch, everything changes. Just one touch, just one look, just one glance, everything changes. And so that's why we need those pure hearts, for we will see God and everything changes. And even that, going through that circumstance, will be a witness to others, because others will say, how can you walk through that? Because I see God. I see Jesus. For the cross set before him, he endured the... For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I don't know about you, but it'd be hard to find joy in that. The whippings, the beatings, the lashings, nails. But he knew what was to come. He knew what was coming. He knew there was resurrection. 
There was salvation. There was joy. He knew all that. You know, the Lord desires clean lips. But it's got to come from our heart. There's no point just correcting lips because we'll just get stuck in this cycle. It's about hearts. And as I've said before, the answer is beholding Him. The answer to being changed is to behold Him. Because as you behold Him, we are changed. If you are struggling with an area in your life, I encourage you to get and make some time in your life to spend some time one-on-one with Jesus. In the Word, in prayer, in soaking, in all of that, in listening, but just spend some time where the world is locked out and it's just you and Him. And I can, I can tell you now, everything changes. Everything changes because He is faithful. I just want to read one more verse of Scripture. Is that okay? We okay? Hey, there was a really cool thing that happened last night in the tent while I turned to this. You know, um, Hamish, Hamish was here last Sunday night with us, with the team, with our open worship night. Hamish has got a lovely heart for Jesus, you know, and he was so discouraged because he couldn't sing. We were, we were in practice with the songs and he just couldn't sing. And he was like, because he just... There was stuff happening in him and he just couldn't sing. And he just wanted to go, you know what? It's probably, you know, he, like he just wanted to give up. I just had this, this like roar in my spirit. I'm saying, no, 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 this is breakthrough. This is breakthrough for you. You're going to experience breakthrough. You are not coming under this, but you're going to break through. And we're going to stand with you and around you because there's breakthrough coming. Well, last night when we actually got into worship, he was just going for it. Woo! You see, God is faithful. He is so faithful. And sometimes, you know what? We need brothers and sisters around us to remind us of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and know that God is going to break through in that circumstance. In James 1, we'll finish with these ones. Isn't it interesting? He starts, well, he doesn't start, but partway through this chapter, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We need to change that, don't we? <laughs> so, so often when someone is speaking to you, you just already got the answer and you just blah, 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 blah. We have to be quick to listen. And then slow to speak. But he says this in verse 22. He says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer, he is like someone looking at his... Yep. Own face, a reflection in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, the one who, can I just add this in here, the one who looks intently to Jesus is not a forgetful hearer, but is a doer who works. This person will be blessed in all that he does. I shared 
a long time ago now. I used to have, back in when I was about 20 years ago, I was really impatient. Like, like if you know me now and think I'm impatient now, you should have known me 20 years ago. I was really impatient. And I was so hard on myself. There's a hum coming out from some instrument. I was so hard on myself and I tried to fix myself. Is there anyone here today that has tried to fix themselves? Even with a like with a right heart in terms of God I don't want to be like this anymore I want to honour you in this area of my life and you try to fix yourself have we done that? had a few do that? and I thought I'd fix myself until a situation happened and then I realised I hadn't fixed myself and I was in this pattern and, and I was in this cycle and, and, and until the Lord said to me one day he said son what are you doing? and I said I'm trying to live for you and he said would you be still and let me live through you? I'm like, oh. And that was in the period when, you know, I was having an extended time, six months of sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, worshipping, fellowshipping, communing. And this is where he started to pull the things out of the heart. If you struggle with controlling your tongue in any way, the issue is to say, God, have your way in me right here. Heal me of what needs to be healed. Set me free of what needs to be set free. Whatever it is for you, I encourage you, as we're in this time, in this season right now with God, say, Lord, search my heart and know me. And see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way that is yours. Amen. I want to encourage you and I want to just bring a word of hope. Well there, was, well, there was hope in that word anyway today. But I want to encourage you by saying that good things are coming. Good things are happening. But there are very good things that are happening. David said, I would have lost heart except for this. I was confident. I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in this nation of Australia. I'm confident that the things that he has spoken to me will come to pass because he is faithful. Amen. I am confident of that. And that is why we need to stand and stand in that position of hope, stand in that position of faith because what God has said he will do. And if you're going through something right now, just say, Lord, just have your way in my heart so that, that, I, will, that, that I will be fully prepared then to walk in what you have for me. Amen. Let's stand, hey? We're going to sing that in a minute. Which one is it? Oh, yeah. So, Lord, we want to thank you today. We thank you, Father, that you are a good Father. And if we ask for bread, that's what you give us. You don't give us a stick. You are so faithful, you are so good, you are so kind. And Lord, we recognize that we continue to need you, that you would search our hearts, that you would heal those areas of our hearts that need healing, that you would set us free in those areas of our hearts that need to be set free, that Lord, that we would live for you in every facet of our life, in every way, that we would live the way that Jesus lived. He lived by the impulses of your spirit. 
He lived as he saw what you were doing and he joined you. His motivation was love. His motivation was to honour you in all things. Oh God, we ask that you would continue to have your way in us, that we would walk as Jesus walked. And we thank you in the midst of stuff that hope is rising. That hope is rising. Because we are seeing your goodness and we will see your goodness outpoured in this land. You are faithful. You've done it before and you will do it again. We've seen you move. You've moved the mountains. We've got testimonies of stage four cancer being healed, brain tumours being healed, limbs being healed, hearts being healed, marriages being restored, families being reconciled. We've seen it before and you'll do it again.